Welcome to Trainers Lab. I'm Blake. I'm your host, and I'm with Ms. Hawk. And Trainers Lab exists for uh, the, the the clear purpose of dissecting the elements of accelerated remote coaching careers. And so, essentially, what we want to do is help people who want to get on the online remote business for fitness. Uh, we want to help you guys not have to make similar mistakes that we have in our journey and to implement a lot of the key principles that help you have a successful business. So if you're interested in more of that, you can head on over to uh, trainerslabpod.com and get to learn a little bit more about what we offer and how we could help mentor or um, give you resources to, for your business. So anyways, today what we're going to be talking about, me and Ms. have we're having a little conversation prior to this, and we were just thinking about the the process of onboarding your first client or onboarding a couple new clients, right? And how important the first ninety days really of onboarding is, but essentially like really the first thirty days, and then it kind of a little bit leaking off off of that. So, um, in doing that, what was like your initial first onboarding process like for you when you first started remote coaching and then how have you gotten better over the years and what are some of like the key wows that have made like kind of laying out that, that red carpet moment for the, the person coming on saying, wow, you know, I wasn't sure about this, but now after experiencing this process with Ms, um, I feel so much better about this decision. I'm going to stay for the long haul. Yeah, man, I think onboarding, like you mentioned, is such a key part of setting the tone for the relationship. I found over several years that early on in my career, when I didn't do a great job of maybe setting expectations um, with a couple clients on a sales call, then an onboarding call, then just maybe the first couple weeks of our time together, that showed later on in the in year two, year three um, with that client versus maybe some clients in maybe my third year as a remote coach, I was a little bit more confident to take charge of the sales call and onboarding call and be like, all right, look, here are the things I need to make sure you understand and you know the expectations. Um, and then, I don't know, that kind of just set the tone for a relationship that was more easygoing later on, I found. Um, and so back to my first experience, I would say, when I was onboarding somebody, there were... Um, when I wasn't working with a bigger company and kind of had my own processes a little bit, uh, I was mostly my clientele was people working at CrossFit gyms or they were working out there already. Um, and so you had this challenge with that audience specifically, which was they're already happy doing classes and all of this other stuff. And I have to help them kind of see that my extra coaching and whatnot is worth it for them. Mm. So I remember getting to go through that with uh, this one of my very first clients, and I got two or three from that specific gym. And so that was a more messy experience for sure. It just did not – I didn't have as much of a plan. I was figuring out what I was going to offer, what it was going to look like, and I was really just imitating what I had seen, right? Like, oh, I'm going to write you a program. I'm going to hop on some calls, like whatever I had this intuition of what remote coaching was. Now, when I got to work with a bigger company who was all about this and this was their bread and butter and I got to see their processes and how, you know, they wanted me to conduct, you know, each client onboarding, yeah. um, I had a lot of flexibility in that process, but something I just noticed was how streamlined each of those things should be. So there was, let's say an onboarding call. 
and to define onboarding call for me, it was after this first sales call or a couple emails that's going back and forth and deciding on what the relationship is going to be like, then onboarding is like, okay, now they've paid and it's time for you to set the tone for, you know, the next four weeks. Eight, yeah. I would do it. I know we talked the first 100 days, but I found it motivating to, yes, we'll talk. Let's talk about the first 100 days to the client as well in the onboarding call. But I would make sure to keep it focused on the next two weeks. So right. your job for the next two weeks or the next four weeks is this. Because that was the marker of time when I would speak to them again. And I would get a chance to maybe talk about the next couple weeks again. So um, conducting an onboarding call, you have to have great time management. Because, yes, it's yeah. to get to know the client and really, like, you know, enjoy um, understanding their personality and what makes them tick. But there's also certain things you as a coach are probably trying to cover. I know for me, I had all this information on the back end that maybe aside from their filling out, like, a questionnaire, I wanted to know on the call. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure out, I think, what those things are before you hop on an onboarding call. What do you want to know? What's essential for after you leave this? Yeah. You shouldn't be sitting there going, oh, man, I forgot to ask this, you know. Um, and once you know that, you can dedicate 15, 30 minutes of the call to that. And then you can have 15, 30 minutes to more spontaneous, red carpet styled, like, I think that's a personality thing in the beginning. It's just showing off like, hey, this is who I am. Like, yeah. there's not judging you. Like, there's so many different things that as a client, because I've also been a client of remote coaching as well. So I can, you know, I can relate to that experience of like, right. There's a couple markers in my head that I'm like nervous about as a client going into this, man, I'm going to have to send Blake my videos. I'm not, I'm not in shape. I don't look good. I don't eat well. I'm gonna have to tell him about my eating. Like mm -hmm. there's so many things. And a part of a red carpet experience when I've been blown away by it is when everything I'm thinking the person on the other side just covers without me even having to say a word, right? Mm. Um, so that's what I would say when designing a red carpet onboarding experience, what are the things that your potential clients are thinking but not saying and that mm. you can get ahead of to impress them that, look, I see you, a fisherman sees another fisherman from afar, right? Like yeah. we're on the same page here. Yeah, that's so good. That questions are huge and definitely a more advanced part of my um, kind of evolution of my onboarding process was creating like an advanced questionnaire before we even met so that a lot of that stuff is good. It's, it's, it's more thought out for the client because they're not as surprised in the moment and they have some time to think. And then it saves you time on the back end and it makes them feel like you're already creating a system for them to succeed. So that's huge. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking, like my first ever um onboarding process was uh this person decided to come in early they called me and said they were on their way up and i had not been trained in a consultation yet so i actually got on the phone with the owner of the gym and uh he walked me through like he himself had done some like basic things that he had gotten trained in through his, one of his certifications but he had not formally like written out this is how we want consultations to go. There wasn't right. like a, a to-do list or checklist. And so he was just kind of like covering things I should go over. And I remember like scribbling on this piece of paper 
And then the person came in like 10 minutes later and I was like just going off of this chicken scratch paper that I had and, uh, and it worked. And actually, you know, I still have that client from four years ago. So, you know, even afterwards, the, the key is just to continue to get better. Right. I'm sure that consultation yeah. was one of my worst ever, <laughs> but here's what is the onboarding process for the onboarding process is for the client to, to feel like they are getting on board of the process that you're going to lead them to their goal. That is the key to it. It's also for the coach to get as much information as possible um, and give as much, as much expectation as possible to make it a great experience for the both of you. And when those two things don't, um, don't go well, it usually doesn't allow the retention rate to be as high as it could be. So that's yes. where I think it's like really, really key is really just trying to make sure that the expectations are set straight on those and that you're doing everything through technology, through, um, you know, how you're communicating to make sure it's a good process for them. So you don't have to wow people with like amazing technology, but you do have to make people feel like in the remote space that you're there and you're watching and thinking about them, right? Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. they could just get a subscription because those people are not caring if they're there or not. They pay for a subscription. The difference between you and them is that they, they need to feel like you're almost with them, right? Yes. The true, the best remote coaching clients create an onboarding process that allows people to feel like deeply connected to you. And then you're able to challenge them through a remote standpoint, whether it be in notes, whether it be in text messages, whether it be through uh, messaging through your system. Right. And then people who get that feel like, man, I was like, it's like um, in a hybrid setting, it's like when a client comes up to you and they're, they're like, hey, that workout was really, really challenging. And I'm like, I have no idea what workout you're talking about because I wrote that workout like a week ago and, and I wrote 70 other workouts a week ago. So, and But they talk to me as if that's the only workout I wrote because they only know the relationship of me and them and they feel like I'm with them and I know what they're doing. So that's cool and you want to keep that. That's that's a really good experience for the client and, it, and, um, and it's a reality to them. It's not like a lie or manipulation. Uh, even if you forgot what you wrote because you're on to the next program, um, you know, you go back and check those things. But anyways, I'm getting a little offhanded. What do you think are some of the better pieces of technology that you've incorporated in your onboarding process that has kind of like made people feel like this is a great decision? Wow, I feel connected to Ms. Um, or this is a great way. Now I understand what you mean by, you know tempo work or whatever so what were some of those right things? you know what's actually funny i thought i would have like 10 different pieces of software to throw at you when you ask me this but when i think back to the actual pieces of tech that i used a lot of it wasn't even this fancy like signing up for calendly signing up for this contract signing software like really like you said it's having I found it useful to create a document for myself where I would put FAQs. So it was like an mm. FAQ document. And I just, from after a couple dozen clients you've onboarded, you start to see, oh, okay, everybody is going to ask me about what tempo training is, right? If I'm offering that style of training. So my yeah. job is to make that person, you know, I'm going to explain this you know, typing it out anyways. So once I do that really well, I just make sure to copy and paste that 
in another tab in a Google Doc. And it just sits there. I have a header, like this is the, what the question was or what the client asked. And now every single time that I would get somebody asking me about tempo training, boom, copy and paste that over. Boom. Now, that was the written version of it, but I also had, over time, a podcast episode that you know I recorded with Marcus Philly on Look Good Move Well. We did an in-depth episode on tempo training or, you know, buying groceries and things of that nature. So I would copy the links to that yeah. and say, hey, I think you would really like this. Um, me and Marcus talked about blah, 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 right? So yeah. a lot of it is still stuff that is manually kind of done, right? It's just mm -hmm. how do you, in the manual exchange, how do I minimize the amount of decision-making, the amount of thinking from scratch? Because if I did that for every single person for 70, 80 people, you couldn't sustain that day to day. So mm -hmm. having pieces of language that you know are key, like somebody might explain to you or ask you often, hey, like how long is this cycle? How long are uh, training cycles typically, right? So, okay, I had my answer. Okay, it's four or six weeks, right? I've tried eight weeks, but here's what happens with eight or 12. So this is what you can expect. And again, that's all lingo I've explained before. So write it down. If I have a blog post that I did in depth talking about yeah. like a grocery list, make sure to hand that off. So now each message is like an asset that, you know, this is all happening in the, you know, I use true coach that at the time. So that was kind of my platform where I'm handing things off, you know, inside of, mm -hmm. um, but if we're talking some pieces of tech, let's say outside of that, I would say, um, an autoresponder, like an email autoresponder, like convert kit, for example, you can also build a newsletter, but basically what I would do is add those clients. I didn't carry this out effectively in practice, but if I was more of a solo operation and it, you know, I would, I would have needed to do this. Um, but it's adding those people to an individual, individual list, an email list. And then that's kind of like, as soon as somebody comes on board, you can create a 100 day welcome sequence. This wow. doesn't mean you have 100 emails, by the way. Okay. So <laughs> okay, don't get too nervous. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. every two days, every three days for the first four weeks, you might be wanting to make contact, right? So this email is a great way for you to set all this stuff up, be really in the mind of somebody who's onboarding. You're like, okay, these are the questions they're going to want to know. And this is where you answer them. Mm. And every two days they're getting a drip from you you know, where it's like, oh, it feels like I'm talking to Blake all the time, right. even though it was an automated thing. And think about in the mi middle of that, you're likely also manually checking in. Hey, how are you? Hey, did you get the email? What'd you think? Did you have a question on this? How was your workout today? So now they're getting hit with Blake from all aspects, which is which just feels good if, if, if you're my coach. And so that first 100 day sequence, it can eventually go into being once every week you send something. But the point is you plan out for the first 100 days, what is a controllable experience yeah. that I can provide with this? Totally. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And that convert kit thing can be really, really helpful. Um, but also as you go along, like as you start catching yourself having similar questions, similar answers, 
that you keep hearing in your consultations as you get more of those, that's where you start trying to think of how to scale this or prepare this because it seems to be like a normal ongoing thing. And you really want to get your onboarding process to be something that you could do in your sleep. Like exactly. It needs, it needs to be super simple. Um, it needs to be like you could do this, and if you time, it, it really just gets down to timing yourself like a workout and seeing if you can get it done in 60 minutes you know, 80 minutes or whatever it takes you. Um, and I know in the early year, early days, uh, for me, it would definitely take a lot longer and I would always go over. Um, but now I feel like I just, I know when to ask the right questions. I kind of have my system set out. Yeah. Um, and I get people kind of prepared last thing, kind of like before, um, we, we kind of come to a conclusion on this because there's so much more we could go with this, but, um, is I really think it would be good for people to think through, um, you know, as you think about these consultations and continuing to have good questions for people, coming over uh, and, and checking out, making sure you have enough uh, good questions and content to keep people engaged so that they remember why they signed up. Everyone comes in for a reason, and what you're doing as a coach in the onboarding process is trying to discover that reason and then not like there's probably about one key thing they want and five things they need to do to get there. And the goal is to map out where the lowest hanging fruit is in that process and get there slowly so that it actually gets executed well. Because if you get there too fast, then the expectations get off. Um, you know, the client thinks that they really didn't even need you or any of that. And it, it probably you won't even be able to do that. Uh, if as I'm thinking about this even out loud right now, like most people do not get there fast, but if they think they will or they think like, oh, I just need to uh, do all five of these things, they'll burn out and fade out, right? Well, so, like, I'm, I'm picking yeah. up what you're putting down here, which is really I've done this before. Too. I've made this mistake where day one, you give them the macro calculator, yes. you give them everything, and you're That's just exactly like – That's exactly what I'm trying to say. In one yeah. month later, what are you going to give them when that was supposed to be like, hey, there's all these skills that need to be built before yes. you give PDF, right? And, and this goes for even advanced clients. Like when I was doing bodybuilding, when we were getting ready 12 weeks out, like each week we were slowly adding or taking something away. There was something yeah. new each week to kind of progress. And it actually makes the client feel really good because it feels like there's another thing I could be controlling to help my outcome, right? But yeah. if you give everyone all of the outcome um, – control points right away they get overwhelmed they burn out and then they they wind up not doing it at all so that's just like a little pro tip there but listen one of the hardest things in coaching is having enough good questions in your consultations and your onboarding process and you don't need to worry about that anymore because we have made 101 consultation questions for you and we're we're selling on our website for 27 bucks that's a year's worth of consultation questions so head on over to our website and check that out um me and Miz have really just kind of like we put a lot of time and thought into that of and it's for different seasons different things could be somebody who's fallen off the wagon. How do you get them back on? What are some good questions for that consultation to get them back on track? It could be someone who's getting prepped for a competition. It could be someone who's burned out and trying to come out of a competition. You know, and how do you set that so that it becomes very individualized for them and very focused? And so, um, you know, if you want to go check that out, I find that to be one of our best resources we have. Um, you can head on over to our website, uh, Trainers Lab Pod. Um, so. Anything else you want to add in at the end here um, before we kind of conclude? 
That was beautiful. I want to just maybe just do a quick recap. And I think this consultation questions PDF that we offer helps you also create a curriculum, which is something you want to do on the yeah. onboarding call. The sales call, remember, is not, um, it's to see if you two are a good fit for each other, right? right. So don't turn the sales call into an onboarding call because you're going to need to go into that information, you know, later on anyways. The onboarding call is, okay, we know we're a good fit for each other. Now, how do we make this fit? What do I need to know about you? What do you need to know about me? And how do we make this a very easygoing thing? for the next several weeks. We calibrate expectations, right? So you talked about uh, um, the couple things I would recommend using is a questionnaire. So making sure they're filling out a questionnaire between the sales call, payment, and then the onboarding call. You use that questionnaire on the onboarding call as a guide, as yes. talking points, as jumping off points, right? And then you also make sure that if you are not doing the 100-day email sequence or automating that, internally, you have some idea of what the 100-day experience looks like. Chances are in the first 30 to 60 days, it's a little bit heavier in terms of interaction or communication or touch points. And then you can kind of taper off a bit. This is something you can also explain to the client, right? That, hey, this is how it's gonna work. I'm gonna be holding your hand a little bit more in the first 60 days. And then after that, uh, you know, here you'll have the tools you need to kind of be able to follow this yourself um, mm. with no issues. So that way, that was another thing in onboarding call, like you give so much upfront, right? And then all of a sudden you start to back away and they're like, oh, Blake doesn't care anymore. And it's like, right. that's not true. It's like, I, I'm teaching you upfront here you know, so that I don't have to do, not just for me, but for you, you know, making sure that you can do this on your own. And so the communication around all of this is done on that onboarding call. And the questionnaire should include everything that you don't need to waste time on, on the actual call. And then that email sequence or that hundred day plan should include everything that you didn't necessarily get to cover on that call, the onboarding one, but that is important, right? It is important to know in week four, hey, has your weight gone up and down randomly? Like this is kind of a normal process, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, you know that's coming in week three or week four. They're gonna step on an body. So right. build that in somehow. Right. Um, so that was my quick recap. Again, check out trainerslabpod.com for the 101 consultation questions. I think it's a very valuable resource in getting you jump started to starting to conduct these, right? Once you do a sales call, your next thing that you're probably freaking out about is an onboarding call. So hopefully this gave you a basis for conducting that. And I know in the future, we'll be back with a part two or three uh, to dive deeper and dissect this further. Yeah. And again, I, I think one of the best things to retention is having good questions like that all year long to keep people feeling like you're with them, you're in this, and you're, you're in, you are their coach. So um those are some really good nuggets in there. So, all right, guys, we're signing off. Have a great one, and uh, we'll be posting some more content here soon for you. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We'll talk to you next time.